Welcome to 360 Conversations. This is a podcast featuring powerful conversations with female thought leaders, experts, and founders. We will be digging deep while sharing experience, insights, and tips for busy Generation X women seeking ways to strip back, simplify, live intentionally, and create space for everyday joy. I'm your host, Tamu Thomas, founder of The 360 Brand. Today, I'm joined by Annie Ridout. Annie is a journalist, published author, speaker, entrepreneur, teaching women, mainly mums, how to amplify and leverage their stories and how to take the leap into self-employment. She's also the co-founder of the awesome Clementine app. Um, Clementine, in essence, is pocket therapy for women, assisting with sleep, stress, body confidence and a few other things. And uh, I love Annie's content. I was first drawn to her Instagram stories where she shares insights about topics varying from the way the mental load carried by women in heterosexual relationships is taken for granted, safeguarding your mental health as a freelancer to hashing out why she's putting up her prices. We had a really nourishing conversation about the transition from being employed to freelancing to becoming an entrepreneur. We talked about Annie's journey. We also talked about mindset um, and the ways that we as women see paying for our development as spending rather than an investment. And if we started to view our development and the spending we do for our development as investing, we would do a lot more of it and save ourselves stress and anxiety. Um, we also talk about the impact of men joining their female partners' businesses to assist them to grow these businesses. So in essence, then becoming family businesses and a whole lot more. I really, really enjoyed this conversation with Annie. Do you know what? I'm going to stop saying that because I haven't had a conversation so far with a woman I haven't enjoyed. Um, But yeah, this was a really, really nourishing conversation. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. And there may be some things that you want to write down or perhaps journal on or something. Um, Anyway, I will leave you to make your mind up about that. Um, Yeah, enjoy. Hello, lovely people. Welcome back to 360 Conversations. Thank you very much for sharing your time with me and my wonderful guest. I am very, I'm always excited, but I'm even more excited that that doesn't sound nice to the people that have been on this show previously. So I am equally excited as I always am to be um, sharing this conversation with Annie Ridout. Um, Annie is a writer, an author, um, and just a general all-round ray of sunshine on my Instagram feed. Um she does many things that are all underpinned by the same thing, which is um, kind of living your best life on your own terms. And um, I really enjoy Annie's Instagram content because there's a good mix, I think, of family stuff, woman stuff, life stuff, um And I really like the way she makes ordinary pictures just seem less ordinary. Um... I can say a lot more, but the lady's here herself. So I will welcome Annie onto the show. Hello, Annie. Hi. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Oh, I'm very much looking forward. I've been looking forward to this for quite a while, actually. So thank me you. Me too. <laughs> um, for anybody that hasn't connected with you yet, please could you share a bit about yourself and what you do? 
Yeah, do you know what? I'm finding this increasingly hard. I'm one of those people who does lots of um, yeah, different bits. Yeah, you're a real multi hyphenate. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, the so what I do is um, I feel like first and foremost I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. So I trained in journalism. I write articles for um, newspapers, women's magazines, um, lots of online stuff, mostly online now. And I, in January, had my first book published, which is The Freelance Mum, A Flexible Career Guide for Work-Life Balance. Wahoo! <laughs> um, and that's uh, a, a guide to setting up as a freelancer after you've had children, which is what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am co-founder of women's app Clementine, which is a hypnotherapy app. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um what else do I do? And then I've just recently started running online courses off the back of my book, really, for freelance mums at the moment. But I'm building this new website um, so that I can actually run courses for any freelancer or business owner, not just for mums. Um, and the two I'm running at the moment, one is Becoming Your Own Boss. And it's sort of creative and practical exercises, tips, advice, helping women who would like to be self-employed to make that leap. So maybe they've been at home with kids and they're ready to get back into work or maybe they're in a job that they feel stuck in and they don't like and they want the confidence to make a change. Mm-hmm. And the other course is teaching people how to do their own PR because that's something I had to learn when I went freelance. I didn't really know what PR was at all, even <laughs> as a journalist. Um I just never really given it much thought. Mm-hmm. And then I suddenly saw that I had this different um, way in as a journalist and having worked as an editor. I know what magazines and newspapers are looking for in a pitch. So I thought I could teach other people how to secure press coverage for their business or freelance work. So I set up a course doing that. And they're, they're kind of starting to not take over, but they're starting to take up a decent chunk of my week. So that mm. feels like a big part of what I do at the moment. I like and that. And then I'm a mum. I don't know if you just asked about my work life. <laughs> well, no, um, everything. It's all part and parcel. You're a mum, you're a human yeah. being, you're a wife. Yeah. Um, doing yeah. all these things. Um, and, well, I, I had, I've got some topics and I'm going to jump ahead because you touched on something I wanted to ask you about um so you said off the back of your book um you set up these courses and my question was um what led you to setting up the courses and I was wondering whether or not the becoming a published author kind of fed into you having the confidence to set up these courses Yeah, I think it's two things. I think it's one that you, I had this idea that I'd write a book and I hoped uh, that it would become a bestseller and I'd make loads of money off it. Mm -hmm. And that hasn't happened yet. So I've sold like a decent amount of copies Mm -hmm. and um, I, you know, the advance has been paid back. It's starting to pay, but I'm not, I'm not getting rich off it yet. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I will. Um, So I realized that, rather than just leaving it behind and moving on to the next project, what I could actually do is use, obviously I did loads of research for the book and then Mm -hmm. I've spoken to so many people and uh, about freelancing and done all these talks. And I feel like I've just picked up more and more um, advice. And so I thought maybe there's another way to help people that's more hands-on than a book. So Mm -hmm. a book you, you sit at home and read, but I wanted to do really interactive 
online courses. So I set the materials and it's going into like there's a PR chapter in my book, but the online course just dives in even deeper. Mm-hmm. And then it's each week. Um, it's a four week online course, the DIY PR one. Each week you're set an exercise and um, you've got five days to do it. You submit it and then I give really detailed personal feedback, mm-hmm. which I think is sometimes what people need. Sometimes people are happy to go off and work on their own. They just want a structure. Sometimes it's about um, the feedback. So I think it. It. I realised online courses was a way to make more money, mm-hmm. <laughs> frankly, mm-hmm. from Let's the book. Let's be real. Let, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's about kind of carving out this niche and it won't always be my niche, the freelance mum thing, but it's where I'm at at the moment. It's yeah. what I'm doing and it's what I, but it's where my head's at. Um, and then the other side, yeah, as you said, was that because I'm a published author, I think it kind of maybe gives me a bit of credibility in terms yeah. of talking about these things. So if I just had set up as a, I don't know, make, do you know what? I think everyone should be running online courses. I think if you've got knowledge on anything, you don't need to be a published author. It, it, maybe it helps yeah. um, just to sell spaces, but um, just uh, people really want information Absolutely. and to learn. And online courses, especially for parents really who are trying to work around kids, mm-hmm. if you can access the information whenever you are, you know, whenever it suits you rather than having to go Monday to Friday, nine to five to your university course or your whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's this flex, flexible learning, which really suits a lot of us. I love I did a novel writing online course, which was six weeks nice. and I like, you know, a couple of hours um, in the week I had to do exercises and it was just amazing for getting me and that, that was actually not really interactive at all they just mm-hmm. set the exercises and I liked having that um sort of being told what I had to do each week mm-hmm. like a brief each week mm-hmm. you know, to get you get you going I really like that idea and I've I've done a couple of online um courses and I found them really useful and um Sometimes people have said, oh, all these online courses, you can get that information online or it's a waste of money. And I think, Mm. but my time, that's, you know, my precious life resource. I could spend weeks and weeks and months, perhaps, trawling the Internet for information, not necessarily coming across information that suits me not necessarily getting any feedback from that or I could pay because I've had a look at your courses and I've book bookmarked so I hope when are you due Annie's expecting at the moment when are you due Um, I'm due in August so I won't be running any August and September yeah but I'll probably I'm doing next month there's I think there's one space on the PR one and a couple of spaces on the becoming your own boss yeah and then I'll do yeah July and then I'll probably start again in October Right. Okay. So um, everybody ignore the fact that Annie said there's July because I need to book that one first. (laughs) Then you can book. Um, But um, when people say, um, oh my, so I I had a look and I I think it's really good value. Um, They're £200, the DIY PR one, I'm sure I saw. Yeah. And some people will listen to that and they'll think 200 quid. And I think to myself, I know, for example, what I was getting paid per hour when I was working full time. Yeah. And I think, and, and that was the last time I did that was in, um, 
2016 and I know that I have gained experience I have done courses and I've just yeah. grown as a person which yeah. means that I definitely would not be working for the rate I was working at in 2016 but yeah. let's use my rate in 2016 as a guide the amount of time it would take me to find out the information that is all within your course and yes. also getting the um, feedback and knowing that I was doing it alongside other people, that mm. would cost me, in terms of my time, far more than £200. Well, this is it. And that's my feeling. So I, the way I learned to do all these things is by trawling the internet. I was just on the internet. I, mm-hmm. I launched an online magazine the early hour after mm-hmm. I had my daughter. And I knew nothing about anything. Like, mm-hmm. I'd done a bit of blogging, so I knew, but I didn't know what SEO was. I just, I had no knowledge. I had to learn everything from scratch. Yeah. And I, I did it when she napped and it fitted into my lifestyle at the time, yeah. but it was, it took me a few years. And as you say, time, time really is money. It is. So if it can be condensed and, and what I would say to so anyone who says it's, uh, you know, this, that's really expensive. I'd say I would pay it and I'm planning on paying it. Cause I know someone's about to run a podcast co- uh, class mm-hmm. and, uh, I know that she runs a podcast that I think is really good. So I'm like, right, you're doing it well. Yeah. I want your knowledge. Yeah. I don't want to have to go and watch YouTube videos or Google, um, you know, everything around podcast. I just want someone to just deliver a package to me yes. and tell me how yes. it's done. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I just think it's high time that we start to think about when we're spending money on development, that yeah. we're not spending money, we're investing money um, and it's going to pay dividends. Like I read totally. somebody who pitched and their story after doing your DIY PR course, they pitched a story and it's been picked up by um, whoever, whichever publication they pitched it to. Metro, yeah, there's been people coming in. And do you know the most amazing thing is with these courses, and this is why I actually do love working with women and, and mums, mm-hmm. because for so many of these women, it's just confidence. Like they, yeah. they ha- they're so intelligent. They've got so much experience. They're so good at what they do. And they're like, but why would anyone want to hear my story? And I'm saying, I want to hear your story. It's a brilliant, yeah. everyone's got a good story. Yeah. And then suddenly the course, um, which, that you know, there is stuff on confidence in it, um, they they start to see themselves as being worthy of being published. Mm-hmm. And so they make contact. And then, of course, these people are interested because they're always looking for good stories. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But so, you know what? Just briefly yeah, back to that money thing. It's quite yeah. interesting because my uh, husband is going to help me promote my courses via Facebook ads, which I've recently got into. And he work. Totally. So I had someone, um, she wanted to do a giveaway on my Instagram feed. She's she uh, manages people's Facebook ads. And I said, um, I'm up for it, but first can you sell spaces on my course so that I know it works Mm because then I can promote it Mm -hmm. in a more genuine way. So she did and she sold she sold out both my courses in a week. Okay. Which was like, yeah, a good sort of, I think, seven spots she sold. Right. Okay. In a week. So I was like, okay, this really works. So then I said to my husband, he's at a crossroads in his work at the moment. He wants to be at home. He wants to work part time. And I said, if you can learn how to do Facebook ads and we can double the spaces I'm selling on both my courses, then we can live off that with my mm-hmm. other work that I do. So he was like, cool. Um, I want to do a course on Facebook ads. So I went back to Laura, who's helped me with my Facebook ads. And I said, what do you charge to teach my husband how to do this? And she said, uh, it's, I think it's 300 pounds for mm-hmm. three hours. And he was like, cool, done. 
And he just booked it without a blink of an eye. All the women do, who are in contact, not all of them, but a lot, mm-hmm. I get a lot of messages from women. I really want to do it, but I've just got to speak to my husband first. I've just got to have a think about that. And I totally respect that decisions can be made together and yeah. there are all sorts of considerations. But I feel like men think differently. My husband's like, okay, I pay £300 now. I can be earning exactly. four grand a month for myself. Exactly. Once I know how. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it is about mindset. Absolutely. Um, that's segueing quite nicely into, um, gosh, when I was, so I had thought about, I didn't really have to do a lot of research because um, I really like your content. So I see a lot of oh, what you're you. about on um, Instagram. And then you went and did this article and I was like, oh, bloody hell, Annie, now I've got to look into something else, um, which I really loved um, about fathers quitting their jobs to help grow their wives' businesses. Um, So I'm not going to go into details about the um, article because people can go to Forbes and read it there. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, So could you share what so, so your husband's coming on board with your business and you've talked about yeah. him doing the Facebook ads course. And when I was reading that article, there were loads of really fantastic women being supported by their husbands and actually their husbands leaving their jobs to support them to grow their business. Yeah. From your perspective, what has the emotional impact been so far of your husband actually coming on board and working with you on your business like what has the impact been on your relationship and also on your family I know it's very Um, new it's it is very new but it actually feels like there's this amazing energy in the house because he what um Rich my husband said um which I explained in the article he he was sort of sitting down he was like you know he's a makes films Mm -hmm. and he does building work and he they're always both really big projects so he was saying I want to be able to just make some money sitting at my computer a couple of days a week so that then he's free to make his films and he can do a bit of building if he wants. Um, But without the pressure of having to go out, as he has for so many years, Monday to Friday, sort of early in the morning and, uh, you know, not getting as much time with our kids as he wants to. Mm -hmm. And so he was sort of talking about this. And then I was saying, what you want is to work in the way that I work because I work from home Mm -hmm. part time. And I do see the kids all the time. And then came to the this kind of realisation that I need help if I want to grow my business. And that he's he's an amazing copywriter. Sorry, he makes can I films. just pause? Yeah. Came to the realisation that she needs help if she wants to grow her business. I'm just re- <laughs> repeating that mainly for myself and for whoever else needs to hear this. <laughs> but you know what? I think... Um, we so often hear of women leaving their careers to look after children, which is absolutely fine if that's their, the, the choice they've made. Mm-hmm. We also hear of women quitting their careers to support the men mm-hmm. and, and help grow their business. Like you hear of these really famous male authors whose wives were like editing everything and basically mm-hmm. writing their books for them. And it's always behind the scenes. And it's yeah. just quite interesting this idea that actually it doesn't have to be that way around. And mm-hmm. in fact, I, I put the article out on Forbes, interviewed three women whose husbands have, have quit their jobs. One was made redundant, but um, decided to join the wives' businesses. And a woman messaged me and she's like, it's not just people with kids who are doing this. Um, and her husband or, or boyfriend has just 
quit his job to help her and her sister with their business. I think it's just so great. It's all these men saying, like, of course I believe in this entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. not a mumpreneur. It's not, you know. A female entrepreneur or a girl boss. Exactly. (laughs) Which, this is my next (laughs) Forbes article. But, um, yeah, it's just about... um, but I guess you've kind of got to prove yourself a bit, haven't you? You've got yeah. to... It's a like, risk. I, yeah. So I've set up the online courses on my own. I didn't say to Rich, quit work now because I've had this idea. I've said, I've had this idea. I've done it. I've, I'm proving that it works. And um, with help on the marketing side of things, it, I can double what I'm earning from mm-hmm. it. And that would be enough to mm-hmm. um, pay for you as well. I love um, that. So yeah. we, we were talking about um, the emotional impact on your relationship and oh, your yeah. family. Yeah, it feels um, it feels like Rich is excited to be working towards this work life balance that that makes him feel good, which will also give him you know time for himself, time for his filmmaking, mm-hmm. and the kids obviously love having us both around. And the more time Rich spends at home. The closer he is, particularly to my son, he's he's always sort of been close to my daughter. She's she's nearly five, mm-hmm. um, but my son is two, and he's still like a little bit clingy sometimes. But the more Rich is around, the more he chooses Rich over me, which I love mm-hmm. because I've had you know a few years of just it all falling on me. Yeah, um, it also means things like um, the domestic stuff is split. Things like nursery, he takes, uh, Rich takes our son to nursery. He deals with the bills. He deals with the bag. He deals with everything. They phone him. And it's like, it feels like everything is really going to be a lot more equally divided. Because really to be the one, in my opinion, who goes off to work Monday to Friday, eight till six or whatever, um, yes, you're working those hours, but you also have your own money and you don't have to deal with any of the crap mm-hmm. that happens at home. And mm-hmm. the, the hard stuff is the stuff at home. Mm-hmm. It's the domestic stuff. It's the kids. It's logistics. Because it's, it's so scattered. <laughs> exactly. I loved it's your exactly. story about mental load because when we think about it in that way, when you're going to work, I'm not saying that work isn't multifaceted and there aren't all these bits and bobs, but it's all to do with your work. When yes. you're juggling the sort of home life mental load, it's you can very easily feel discombobulated because there are so many separate cogs that you have to try and spin together whether they work together or not yeah absolutely and yeah yeah, and I think it's it's just not always acknowledged um, or even believed by the person who's going out Mm -hmm. to work Mm full-time um if that's how it's it's kind of divided and so it's it's good where there are two parents living together that they both spend as much time near home um helping with these things just to see how much is involved and to lighten the load for the other one yeah i i think that that's a key ingredient to um, a successful relationship i'm just saying i just think because i'm not bloody in one so i don't know but i've been having lots of conversations um so yesterday i shared a podcast with um steph douglas where she was talking about um about stuff that 
um, has helped her marriage work. And I'm really loving these conversations about how to not make like by force this has to work, but lots of conversations that are taking place where people are sharing honestly the things they do to keep their relationships working. Because before, when we weren't sharing in this way, I don't think... I think that people had this idea that you put a ring on your finger or you're together for a certain amount of time and it either works or it doesn't. And there's lots of fuzzy stuff in between that makes all the difference that no one Mm. really talks about. So Mm. that article for me was a real, your article I'm talking about in Forbes, was a real breath of fresh air. The same way when Steph shares articles about marriage being hard and working through the difficult bits because you want to, I think is, is really fantastic. Definitely. And it's, yeah. And Steph often says that, um, she doesn't know. And I feel the same. She doesn't know anyone who hasn't found it hard on Mm -hmm. their relationship, having a kid. Mm -hmm. And yet most people don't talk about it and it's so dangerous. And I had, when I had my first daughter and we were just, we'd gone from never, ever arguing to arguing constantly, mm-hmm. like to the point of wanting to separate and having talks about that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I was trying to talk to these women I'd met through NCT about how hard it was. And they just were totally like, one was set, like, Oh no, I'm not having any problems. You know, we have sex every day and he, I mean, Lion I'm not going to go to the details. Exactly. But I believed it because I didn't know what happens after you have a baby. I knew yeah. that it wasn't going great for me, but maybe for everyone else it is. And they, I remember them two women coming around and I was like on the verge of tears having such a crap time. And I was opening up to them as none of my old friends had had kids. So these were the only people I could speak to who understood where I was at in my motherhood journey. And they just both like sat there and looked so awkward and didn't say anything to sort of console me or to say, do you know what? Like it is hard. Mm-hmm. It's not. And, uh, and that's why it's, it's just so important to make mm. sure you're around honest people because everyone struggles. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I remember having a conversation with somebody and, um, they're in a long-term relationship and, um, they were, at the time, it felt like showing off, but they were like, yeah, we have sex every day and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, mm. really? And um, the person was like, yeah, we do. And then I just thought, sorry, I have to prize. I was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, like, what kind of sex are you having? What positions? <laughs> <laughs> Please, draw a diagram. And then the person said that when the person broke it down, a lot of the sex was really functional and I was like, aha. So, and I guess also it was me projecting my whatever. When the person said this, I got the impression that they were talking about having either really wild, passionate or really like deep romantic sex every day. And that's not what that person was talking about. Oh, interesting. That person was and. And like this is a podcast for adults. We're all grown ups here. So what I so in the end I was like, so it's literally so that you can both orgasm. I said right. it's literally so you can both come or one yeah. person does or whatever. And that person was like, Yes. And I was like, Okay. That was very different because then I started feeling really inadequate about my status at that time. And I was like, oh, okay. It's almost like that gave me permission because, um, yeah, I think everybody has functional sex from time to time, but Mm. I don't want that to be like a number of my sexual encounters. And it's almost like that person saying, well, actually, 
there's a number of times a week it's functional gave me permission to say oh that's okay so when I'm not doing it it's okay because I don't want to have functional sex and I just think that I'm not saying that everybody should walk around talking about whether or not they're having passionate sex today or functional sex Mm. today but I think just taking some of them amongst your girlfriends amongst your people yeah having some frank discussions oh yeah helps us know what the human experience actually is rather than conflating ideals with reality totally and that's why like I love meeting up with my sister and my old friends um and we just have we're so like honest about what's crap in our relationships Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh and we just sit around laughing and no one goes and tells other people and it's not like you know it's it's the same for I I think it's pretty much the same for everyone and um yeah I think amazing if some people can have passionate sex every single day for their like 50 year marriage but there's probably something else lacking in their relationship if if they are because there's just there's not space (laughs) I I don't think there is and um a friend of mine went for relationship counseling um she's one of these people yeah everything's fine it's really great blah 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 and um when I asked her what the catalyst for going to relationship counseling um she's she's one of these people and, and relationship counselling helped her to unpick that where she mm. would say oh, I just try to see the good in people I just try to look for the positive in people and she said it got to a point where the sound of her husband chewing made her rage and she thought mm. he's been chewing since we've met each other now mm. it's making me rage there's something beneath that and I was like that that's really interesting um mm. that you shared that and I I, I just saying all of that to say I just think it's really important that we're having these conversations because um I was reading something somewhere I can't remember where it was I should have bookmarked it and it was saying that because millennials are more open they're being more successful at marriage than oh really yeah yeah Mm, I'm I'm, I'm gonna have a google and see if I can find that article because yeah it was was really interesting it's all about communication isn't it absolutely with everything even within you know friendship um or everything basically anyway park that to one side I want to come back to your book okay um which um it's in my Amazon cart. I'm on a book ban. I've got a stack of books waiting to be read and I just can't bring myself to buy any more books. Why have I not sent you one? I'm surprised that that I haven't given you one already. No, but... um, uh, I'm going to send you one. If you send me one, then my... Add to your um, pile. (laughs) Well, my... my, Moral compass will mean that I'd, I'd at least read a quarter <laughs> and then add it to my pile. But um, with regards to your um, book, when you embarked upon your freelance career, did you see author being on your horizon? Um, well, when I was about 20... 23 or 24 I moved I left London where I'd grown up I'd gone away to university come back mm-hmm. trained in I'd done a journalism master's and then I left London for Somerset to live with Rich mm-hmm. who was I'd only been going out with for about six months but I'm I, hearing more and more of this people take note take risks <laughs> I definitely am a big risk taker particularly before children I would mm-hmm. just do anything that um that was exciting and so I moved to Somerset and when I was there, I was working on this uh, local paper and writing my dissertation. 
and I was reading The Secret, Rhonda Byrne, mm-hmm. and uh, it had just come out, and I was like, it like completely changed my life, that book. It's a bit cheesy, but it um, the premise is just, yeah. but, you know, yeah. ask for what you want. Yeah. And so I made a list called Annie's Aims, and I, every now and again I put it up on social media because it's all, like, faded. It's quite funny. I've still mm-hmm. – I've only got photos. I haven't got the original. Anyway, I on that list was um, – about five things that I wanted to achieve that at the time felt so unattainable. One was to become a freelance journalist, a successful freelance journalist. One was to um, write a book and sell lots of copies. Um, and Annie? I lost you. I lost you. Okay. So I, I got to um, become a, f- a successful freelance journalist. Okay. So I, yeah, I had this on the list. As well as becoming a freelance journalist, I wanted to write a book and sell lots of copies. I wanted to perform poetry to a big audience. And all these things that felt like they, it was, I was almost a bit of a joke, the list. Not mm-hmm. a joke, but I wrote them down thinking, obviously, it's not going to be my life, but, yeah. you know, I'd like it to be. And then, so now it's really interesting looking back on that list and seeing that I think more than half of those things have been ticked off. Love it. Um, so, yes, I did have... Um, author in my head as something I wanted to do but it wasn't until when was it I'd become a freelancer uh, properly freelancing after I had my daughter Mm -hmm. and and launched the early hour which was this platform that I thought was going to be a massive business and like a sort of Huffington Post for parents was Mm -hmm. my my plan and to Mm -hmm. make millions but I then realized um, I didn't, to make money from it, I needed to be a salesperson. Mm. And actually what I love doing is the writing and yeah. editing and sort of uh, communicating with people. So then what happened is because I had this platform and because of the way everything works now with social media and stuff, mm-hmm. if you have any kind of platform or profile and it's it, you've got a niche, so mine was parenting and early mornings, mm-hmm. then, pe- then people started coming to me um, like the Guardian said, oh, with this book's come out, this woman's talking about parents needing to get up early. Can you write an opinion piece? Oh. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Pe- mm-hmm. like, I'm being commissioned rather than mm-hmm. having to pitch. And so that stuff started to happen. And then um, eventually, I think it gave me more confidence as people were asking me to do things rather than me just constantly trying to like to ask and to beg and to plead and, and mm-hmm. uh, being mm-hmm. rejected. And to go to a publisher who I had met, I'd met um, Michelle, who works for Fourth Estate. She's a publishing director. Mm-hmm. And I met her through a friend. And then I was like, oh, do you know what? I've always wanted to write a book. Or maybe I'll just chat with her and see what she thinks. And and went from there. So I guess I'd always wanted to write a book. I didn't know what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then it just, the idea presented itself. Although the first idea was, ended up being rejected. Um, oh, and I pitched a column idea for the freelance mum alongside this different parenting book, which was a mm-hmm. bit of a vague, vague idea. And then Michelle, she was kind of going for it and it was all looking like it might go through. And then it just went quiet. And then six months later, she came back to me and said, um, actually, the book is the freelance mum. Mm. Lots of women are going freelance. Could you think you could write a book on that? Brilliant. Yeah. Um, 
And then, and I, I, I love that you um, mentioned the secret because I think that when you're doing something that is um, quite traditionally understood mm. and then you talk about like a law of attraction type thing, yeah. sometimes people don't think the two go hand in hand, but I think that um, it can be really supportive if you want if you want to if you feel just, I, yeah, to. It's, it's also just about being positive isn't it yeah yeah but I I saw the reason I read that book is because this guy who I knew at uni he was like a graffiti artist and he was really creative but um wasn't like a businessman as far as I could see mm-hmm. <laughs> and um and then he read the secret and he was like I'm gonna make like a million in a year and suddenly just like started flying because he just started like seeing opportunities and taking Mm -hmm. them and pushing himself, believing in himself. And I could see how it can transform someone to just think about what they want and go for it. And it's quite a simple idea, really. Um, Perfect, perfect, perfect segue. I was (laughs) reading something that you wrote about, yeah, you talked about a process whereby you decided what work you wanted to do. And um, I really liked that. But I also thought to myself, some people will read that and think, oh, privilege. Um, because I think, and maybe a few years ago, I might have thought that because mm. I realised that um, me thinking pe- that choosing what you want is a luxury was linked to limit a limiting belief that, about how I perceived my value um, Mm. based on messages that I had internalised. And through launching 360, I speak Mm. to women all the time, particularly women in their late 30s and in the earlier part of 40s. And what I'm learning so much is that we spend so much time focusing on what we don't want Mm. We don't make enough room for what we do want. And Mm. when I ask, there was a lady that I had once asked, what does she want? And she cried. She ended up crying because she really couldn't think about what she does want. And I went through an exercise with her um, that I had used on myself um, because doing things that were as simple as um, doing the opposite of what I don't want because it because I was so entrenched in thinking about what I don't want just flipping it on its head yeah. my whole body was like you're a freaking liar we don't like this at all and mm. and that made me even more upset than I was so I wanted to know from you what are what are some tips you could share for people to start to recognize what they do want hmm good question um well, I guess this is so. This is week one of my becoming your own boss course. Is all about oh, is this. Okay, so well, let me share a little bit. So I'll people share a little on. bit. Um, so there's a values exercise. I think your values um, in work and home life are really important. What really matters to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think doing some doing something creative with your hands. I think like vision boards. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of, um, and I think. It's also really important to not to, so rather than sitting at your computer and thinking, okay, what can I Google to work out um, what I want to do with my life or what's going to make me happy? Go out and do something like go out in nature, go for a walk, 
go to an art gallery, mm-hmm. go to a dance class, go and do something completely unconnected from mm-hmm. your everyday life that helps mm-hmm. you to just think in a different way. I think mm-hmm. the richer your life is in terms of culture and people and experiences, the more likely you are to come to um, kind of new ideas and new conclusions. For instance, <laughs> I went, um, I've been had a bit of a cold, so I haven't been swimming, but I normally go swimming every morning, Monday to Friday, mm-hmm. and it just gives me loads of energy. And I was like, right, today I'm going to go swimming. Not, just a really quick swim. So I mm-hmm. went, and on the way back, I was listening to the soundtrack from A Star Is Born, which mm-hmm. I recently watched and quite liked. And I was singing along to one of the songs, and I was like, it, this reminds me of when I used to write a lot of music and I thought when I was younger that I would be in musicals. That was my dream. Mm-hmm. And I applied to study um, performing arts at university and all this kind of stuff. And then just ended up doing English and my life took a different course, which has mm-hmm. been fine. But I realised it's a massive dream, a massive passion of mine, musicals, a guilty pleasure. Sorry, it's happened again. Sorry, it's happened That's, again. Yeah, you got to right. saying a massive pas- passion of yours, musicals. Yeah, yeah. so I realised that what I would like to do is write musicals. Oh, write mm. a musical anyway, start with yeah. that. And yeah. um, I would like to write music and the script and the story and put it all together. So I came to that idea from deciding this morning to get up and go and rather than sitting around with my family which is also really nice Mm -hmm. drinking coffee and chatting to go and do Mm -hmm. something different this morning I went for a swim obviously the endorphins were going I was feeling good I was out in the fresh air I was listening to something on my headphones which I wouldn't have been able to do at home with people around and that's Mm -hmm. what gave me this idea and reminded me of this thing that I've sort of always wanted to do without realizing so I think it's about thinking outside of the box having different experiences and yeah because you just raise your, I guess, vibration and then that kind of like just puts out these magical receptors and yes. wonderful things come back. Yeah. And I think also if you have an inkling about something you might like to try, um, confidence is a massive barrier for lots of women yeah. particularly. But I think to just start talking about it and people won't think you're stupid. They'll think you're exciting. If you say, yeah do you know what? I'd really love to write a book. I would find that so exciting if anyone mm-hmm. said that to mm-hmm. me. And I'd never mm-hmm. think, but mm-hmm. you're only doing this for your day job or, but you're just mm-hmm. this. I would just mm-hmm. be like, cool, you're inspired. Yeah. That's really yeah. great. Yeah. And something that I've noticed, I've had a few speaking gigs lately and um, it's been talking about just let's loosely say personal development stuff. Yeah. And um, when I share that I love roller skating, the room full of women who are predominantly in their late 30s and 40s, their eyes get huge, like their yeah. eyes really light up. Yeah, that and is cool. <laughs> that, that, that lighting up, it's not like, oh my gosh, that's so random, or you could do that, I can't possibly do that. It literally ignites something. I feel like, and some of the conversations I've had about it have have said, it's literally igniting something playful in women that they forgot they had. It just just did that to me when you said it, totally. Yeah. And it literally is that. And 
I did a um, one day positive psychology course because um, I'm thinking about doing a master's in positive psychology. Mm. And um, I thought rather than just do what I normally do, which is really impulsively run at something and then I get into it and think, oh, goodness, maybe not. Let me do the day course and test and see whether or not. Yeah. And um, within this course, one of the exercises was um, to use a activity diary, which is usually used for people that um, have um, been diagnosed with the depression. And um, right. it's a, contem- a contemporaneous record of everything you do throughout the week. And you write it as you go along. And it's not like a mass- like a journal or anything. You literally mm. write what the thing you were doing is, and then you rank it as to whether or not it gave you um, satisfaction, a sense of satisfaction, achievement. And I think maybe the other, I can't remember what the other one was, but there's another one. And oh, that's such a good exercise. It really is. I'm going to put a link to it in my show notes, actually. It's also something that I'm going to be putting in a newsletter. And what that helped me realise was, because I've been doing a lot of thinking and I've just been, maybe because I'm thinking about it, I'm attracting a lot of high-flying women that on paper are living the life, but in reality are feeling unfulfilled. And Mm. I can relate to that feeling very strongly. And when I did that exercise, it coincided with a weekend when I took my daughter and one of her friends roller skating. So you keep this record and you rank the things that you're doing in terms of whether or not you have a sense of satisfaction, a sense of achievement. And there was something else, I can't remember what that was. And what I noted throughout my week was there was a lot of achievement, but there wasn't much satisfaction. But when Mm. I immediately wrote down how I felt after the roller skating I had a huge sense of satisfaction and as I thought about that more my daughter's a very competent roller skater and she likes helping people so her friend wasn't a very good skater but I didn't get wrapped up in helping her to skate because my daughter was very happy Mm. to help her build her confidence skating and what I realized was I had such a sense of freedom as I was gliding around the sports hall listening to whatever it was there I wasn't even really listening to the music they were playing Mm. it was just that sense of um freedom and Mm. I was like there's something in this um, so I made totally. sure that roller skating became part of my, I wouldn't even say part of my self-care toolkit. It's just something that I enjoy. Um, and then I just thought, shit, midlife crisis, half of that is because we're bloody bored. Yeah. And we're just living for achievement, not satisfaction. Yeah, it's so true. It's kind mm. of a shame that like, if you try something new, if you join a band in your 40s, 50s, if you mm. start wearing different clothes, that you're kind of bracketed in this midlife crisis thing. Yeah. Actually, it should be like flipped on its head and seen as a really positive thing. Absolutely. It's like a midlife sort of, I don't know, like realisation. Reboost. Or, yeah, yeah, reboot. Yeah. yeah, reboot. So my experience has been, because I just thought I'm, I'm fed up of what I'm doing, I'm really going to tap into my joy because even if I feel miserable, I can still find something joyful. Mm. For me, joy feels different to happiness. And what I have seen, which has been really beautiful to witness, so, you know, my mum was born in the 50s. She's from a generation that was all about working really hard and a very traditional sense of success. She's um, an immigrant, so it was definitely about coming here and building a better life and all of that kind of stuff. So for her to think about doing something that previously she would have labelled as quite frivolous and too playful, um, since I have been very 
actively seeking joyful things and joyfulness, she has started doing weekly yoga lessons. Oh, really? And the weekly yoga lessons have now led to her, in her 60s, she started piano lessons. Oh, wow. And like, I'm, I've got a huge smile on my face as I say that, because I know that that gives my mum immense joy. Mm. And it's like seeing me has, and I'm not like, doing this in like a braggadocious toot oh it doesn't way. sound it no it's lovely it just it it's, catches it's like an energy honestly, isn't it that you're... it really really is yeah and and I love that and I and I think that what I witness with your work around freelancing it really does just give whoever's watching even if they don't feel confident enough and they think, oh my goodness, my mortgage, my this, my that, my the other, it just get, plants a seed for them to start thinking about this being attainable mm. and this being a way where I can have a life that feels a bit more fairly distributed. Yeah. And I think, I think what I think, what I find with freelancing is that people say, you know, it's really nerve wracking because you're not getting paid every month. And, and that can be true, but I always say you should try and get repeat clients so that you do have mm-hmm. some security. But, mm-hmm. um, what it is, is you can go to your day job. So I was a copyright, full-time copywriter, managed Friday in Clerkenwell before I had my daughter and I love copywriting and I liked working for the company, but it was a bit groundhog day. Every day I was waking up, mm. am I really doing this again and again and again and again? And if mm-hmm. I hadn't had my daughter, I, you know, maybe I would even still be there doing that same thing. It was really well paid. Um, I had that money coming in each month, but I was just so kind of uninspired and unmotivated. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't much, I was doing a bit of blogging, but there wasn't much else going on outside of it. When mm-hmm. you start freelancing, you do have to work hard. You don't get to just do a few hours here and there and earn loads of money and everything's cool. You've got to work your ass off. And yeah. like for me, that meant last the whole of last summer, I barely went out any evenings because I wanted to write a novel and I wrote it in the evenings because it wasn't going to pay and it still hasn't. And I had to do my paid for freelance yeah. work in the day. And so you get to do all the things you want, but you have got to sort of work harder maybe than you were before. Yeah. But you do get to decide how that happens. Yes. Um, and that is the key it's yeah. about deciding how it happens yeah um okay so you're a writer you use words all the time I absolutely love words um and I found myself more and more referring to the dictionary as a kind of like a starting point to understand or explain words that I like oh nice uh could you share a word that you really 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 like and why do you know what? When I was um, applying for university the first time around, I didn't really want to go to university, but my mum hadn't been to university and she was keen that I did go. Mm-hmm. And um, so she put a little bit of pressure on me, and uh, which we've since talked about quite a lot. But anyway, <laughs> I, I was like, I like writing. I do creative writing degree. So mm-hmm. I, I went to apply and we like went up to Liverpool. I quite like Liverpool. I thought oh, I'll, I'll go here. And um so in the application, I had to do lots of creative writing and I wrote a poem and a short story. And they asked me, what's your favourite word and why? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just said, mum, I don't know. I don't have a favourite word. What's yours? And she said, mellifluous. Ooh, and, uh, <laughs> I like that. And, yeah. So I took on mellifluous as my favourite word. And so that's the, the word that pops into my head because it sounds so beautiful and it sort of it means honey flowing and it's... Um, yeah, I guess I can sort of, I guess that's the life I'm aiming for as well. I'm a mellifluous life where everything oh, flows. 
that is going to be appearing on my Instagram very soon. Thank you very <laughs> much. Um, and do you have any recommendations for uh, uh, books, of course, including your own, for people that are making the transition or perhaps want to make their freelance life a bit more mellifluous? Do you know what? I haven't read many books about freelancing. I think that's why I got the book deal because there aren't a huge amount. Um, and if I'm honest, I wrote a nonfiction book, but I almost solely read novels. Okay. So I can tell you the novel I'm reading because it's really yes, good please. and it's inspiring me. Um, and it's called Late in the Day. It's by Tessa Hadley. She's written lots of books and she's got fans like Zadie Smith and Hilary okay. Mantel. So she's, oh, wow. uh, she's a proper, a proper, yeah. <laughs> proper legit. Author, legit, respected. And the, it's about two couples and it's the characters are amazing. And every night before bed, I read a bit of a novel and that reading a novel helps me with my language and my writing, as well as just unwinding at the end of the day. So mm. I think for it's back to that roller skating and that like finding that yeah. thing that you love. Yeah. I think sometimes rather than reading a how to book, it's quite good to also incorporate um, like novels and mm. let um, your mind wander. Yeah. And yeah. I guess, yeah, in terms of freelancing, I've read Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In was great for confidence. It, mm -hmm. it helped me to ask for a pay rise that I got um, mm. before I when I was pregnant actually with my daughter my dad was like don't ask for a pay rise just hold on to your job you're pregnant and I said yeah. no I deserve a pay rise I've been here mm -hmm. a while and I asked for it and got such a big pay rise on my wow. day rate that I was able to save 10 grand for my maternity which um, I wouldn't have been able to do on the salary you know the day I was on before so that was a good book and um, Ariana Huffington's books are quite interesting oh, yeah. about sort of work-life balance she's got that loads inhaled thrive yeah and uh, she writes about sleep yeah and I'm gonna at the end of this realize that um, there are loads of books that I should have recommended that I've read but that's okay three three is 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 enough um do you have anything oh could you tell us more about um the courses you have coming up so if anybody's interested they could um book on I know you talked about them at the beginning but people yeah. that have been listening to the podcast for a while know that this is the section where they get sort of called to action sure the DIY PR course um is the next one is starting on the 3rd of June it's four weeks long. It's 200 pounds. It's all online. You can log in when you want. You don't have to like, you don't have to all be logged in at the same time at any time. It's very flexible. Okay. The Becoming Your Own Boss is also launching 3rd of June and it's the same format. It's four weeks. It's all online. Um, you submit your homework on a Friday. So get all the materials on a Monday, submit your homework on a Friday, get feedback mm -hmm. over the weekend. Um, so, and you can book them through Eventbrite and then as of next month I'll have my own courses website launched and it will all be all be going through that and Eventbrite won't be getting my uh the fees oh, they charge yeah, yeah they charge quite it's high a fees. Lot. Yeah. yeah they do they do they do brilliant and for anybody that's not connected with you yet where's the best place for them to find you online on Instagram mm -hmm. at Annie Ridout R-I-D-O-U-T and I'm on Twitter as well, same name, same handle. And yeah. then com is my personal website with all the sort of journalism I do and bits of poetry 
And then the early hour is my online magazine, which is sort of general parenting and lifestyle stuff. And then clementineapp.co.uk. Oh my gosh, we haven't talked about Cle- Oh my God, I have questions. <laughs> I love, 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 love Clementine. Sorry, guys, we just need two minutes, a moment for um, Clementine. Um, firstly, why aren't you guys charging? Oh yeah, I loved your message the other day. Um, well, we have just launched the body section. So until now, it's been free. At first, we did have a subscription when we first mm-hmm. launched back in 2017. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we realized that that was making it exclusive to people, to women who could afford it. And we wanted everyone to be able to use it mm-hmm. um, to make it really accessible. But also we wanted to get numbers up. And we thought if we go free, this is what lots of people are doing. Um, you get the numbers and then you find ways to monetize it down the line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we went with that. It's been free. We've grown the numbers. We've got over, had over 40,000 downloads. And Brilliant. We're building this community. And now we've just this week launched the body section, which is helping women to feel more confident in their bodies, whatever they look like. It's not about changing your body. It's about changing your mindset. Mm-hmm. And we're charging $7.99. It's a one-off fee. There's no subscription. I think the issue with subscriptions is it's another thing to have to think about it's another thing coming out of your bank account it feels it can feel like a bit of a burden so it's we're not saying we'll never go down that route but at the moment where we're at and and what we're hearing from women when we sort of talk about um you know barriers and and what works and what doesn't is women just want it to be really easy we don't want we also don't say you have to listen to clementine every morning for it to work you don't you listen to it as and when you need it. If you've yeah. got a big gig coming up and you're feeling nervous, then you listen to a confidence session every day yeah. for a week, maybe. If you suddenly can't sleep, you go to the sleep section. You don't mm-hmm. have to build a routine around it um, because we've got quite a lot of routines already in our lives. Yeah. And it's yeah. uh, it's about, like, no pressure. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm in the Clementine app. I shared how I use it. And yes. Becoming freelance was a real, real um, roller coaster um, or setting up my business, whatever I want to call it, because I went from a job um, which was really, really high pressure and running yourself ragged was a badge of honour and choosing to set up my own business and in that transitional period doing freelance social work um, I found it really difficult to use the time to use my time in the way that I wanted to use my time. Mm. So like, you know, day 24 to 28 of my cycle, I am so tired mm. and um, I would need to nap. Mm. And there was no reason why I shouldn't or couldn't nap apart from guilt and um, using the uh, Clementine app just really helped me to be able to drift off and have that 20 or so minute power nap which then enabled me to feel refreshed and cared for so I could carry on and produce good quality work during a time of the month where that is really really difficult yeah so for me it's something that 
there are some weeks that I don't use it at all, mm. but definitely I smash it day 24 to 28. Mm. Or if I'm having one of those times where I've got lots to do and I feel compelled to work until the wee hours, but everything within me is saying, please don't do this. Mm. Um, the app helps me just release the guilt and get to sleep and actually have a I might not have a fully decent night's sleep. I might wake up at some, but I can actually get to sleep. Whereas normally when I'm in that mode, my mind feels a bit like a scrolling social media timeline. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's, I use it for, if my husband goes out or is staying away somewhere, I find it harder to get to sleep because the mm-hmm. conditions are different. So I, that's mm-hmm. when I use, that's the only time I use to sleep because I don't have sleep problems at other times, yeah. but I then use the deep sleep recording. And I know that even if I wake up, I'll, once I've fallen asleep, I will more easily get back into a deep sleep. Yeah. So I don't wake up and go <gasps> and, yes. and, and panic. Um, yes. Yeah. So I think yeah. it is, it's about working out um, when in your life you need this, this support for you. It's associated with your cycle mm-hmm. um, and for, and work and, you know, it's different for different women. So it's mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. just feeling you can experiment and work out when it's like, we call it pocket therapy. You can just mm-hmm. carry this therapist with you. Yes. Whenever you need a bit of support, um, yes. she's she's there to give it to you for free. Absolutely, absolutely. So I will make sure that I include a link to the app. Um, Thank so you. So that anybody that doesn't have it will be able to give it a try um, and let us know what you think. So, Annie, thank you so very much for your time. I have thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you. Oh, thank you. As soon as we finish this call and I transfer this audio over to GarageBand in readiness for editing it, I am going to do... Uh, what did you say? You wrote a list. Where have I... I've, sorry, I've been scribbling notes um, and you talked about your list. I'm going my to do list. my list. You, your list where you wrote about being um, a successful oh, freelance writer. Uh, That's yeah. it, everything you want to do. Because I've got so many lists all over the place. Mm. And I think I'm, I'm possibly confusing my energy field. Uh, so yeah. I, I, I'm going to keep it simple and um, have a list of about four things, I think. Um, and have it in my eyeline. Yes, my have desk. it on your wall. I had it yeah. above my piano. I had it pinned yeah. to the wall. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. So everybody, if you want to join in, you can do that. And if you do that, take a picture, stick it on your stories, tag at Annie Ridout and at Live360 yes, so we can please. see what you're doing. Yeah, I'd love that. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Annie. Thank you. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to 360 Conversations. I appreciate you sharing your precious time with my guest and I. I hope you found the episode useful. I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review my podcast like an increasing number of our digital experiences, the algorithms rule. Your feedback will assist me reaching a wider audience and I'd really love to have more women being privy to or joining these conversations. The feedback I get following each episode is beautiful and tells me more women could benefit. As always, I'd love to keep the conversation going. You can join me by commenting on the podcast show notes on my website or via social media at Live360. I hope to engage with you soon. Podcast produced by me, Tammy Thomas. Podcast music produced by James Anderson. Take care.